0: And uh, very specific plans. Um, at seven thirty that night, I, I had bought three boxes of sleeping pills. I'm going to pull into the garage, close the door with the car running, take the pills, and that'll be it. And uh, that afternoon, my daughter calls me, Daddy. Can you? Pick, 14 years old at the time. Can you pick me up from school tomorrow? I need help with my math homework. I say, okay, fine. Didn't mean it. I'm not going to be around. A couple hours later, she calls again, same question. A couple hours after that, a third time, she calls again, same question. A- and I'm, each time I disconnect the call, I'm thinking to myself.
1: Thankfully, Scott didn't go ahead with his plans to take his own life. And you will have to listen to the whole episode to find out what in the end stopped him. But what does it take to get that low that you would consider this action? Money. Money, or rather the lack of it, can be so depressing for most. And I speak from experience too. Scott has some solutions. And although some of his secrets are not available in the United Kingdom, if you're in the US or Canada, I highly recommend you investigate his approach. Enjoy. Staying alive UK. Share your story. Hi Scott, how are you today? I'm great, Michael. Thank you. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. And as we just before we pressed the record button, we we were trying to remember how we crossed paths, weren't we? And it was Laurie yeah. Shostrum, uh who introduced yeah. us. And she's an island. She's a fellow American for you, obviously, who now lives in Ireland. And, yeah, she's a great connector, I think. <laughs> yes,
0: definitely. And she's got quite a story herself.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And she's been on the podcast a few episodes ago. So, yeah, if anybody wants to check out her story, it's it's incredible. The work she's doing for parents and kids is is really really great right so welcome um i just have two questions for you first question already asked (laughs) my second question is uh, scott um (laughs) why don't we dive in uh share us your story and uh how did you get to where you are today
0: Well, that that
1: question is a
0: a little more complicated and requires a longer answer than the how are you question.
2: Yes. Um,
0: So I started after getting out of college, I first first job was for an insurance company uh, for no reason other than they were the first ones to hire me. Right. (laughs) Nothing special about the the, that attracted me there Mm. other than they were the first. Yes. So yeah. So over time got to learn the business, move up the ranks, um famous international carrier, and um got got to the corner office and management um after about thirteen years with yeah. that yeah. company. And then um somewhere along the way in those 13 years they got bought out by another company and in time you know they were introducing their changes they relocated the company to another state and um and I was not a part of those relocation plans right so very disappointing i actually liked that job um mm. and uh i thought hey i've got a good work record it won't be any problem to find anything else and that wasn't the case this was 2007 right as the economy was starting to get bad oh yes it had been a very robust job market was was drying up and so it turned into a long period of unemployment mm-hmm. behind the scenes there things were really rough at home I, I was locked in a, a really bad marriage. And the as long as there was food on the table, roof overhead, I was getting along okay. Yeah. Now the food on the table and the roof overhead were becoming quite a challenge. Mm-hmm. And so now it was really aggravating things at home. And Sadly, to the point where I started self-medicating. Gradually at first, in time, became a full-blown alcoholic. Um, For work, uh, a friend of mine found out the position I was in. He hired me on in his floor care business, which meant I was sweeping floors, waxing floors at night. I also went to the animal hospital where my then wife worked to help in the kennel, uh, which meant walking dogs and cleaning out poopy dog cages. So yeah. I went from the corner office, prestigious company, to literally cleaning up dog poop within two or three months.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and so, so there's financial pressure brewing, yeah, increasing that's increasing the pressure at home, it, it continuous cycle. And of course that's increasing the self-medicating. Um, so as I'm walking these dogs, there's, there's an open lot, ba- basically a small field next door to this animal hospital. Hmm. And I'm sure you can imagine, if you're walking one dog after another, your head is on your step the whole time you got to be careful about that
1: yeah i
0: remember thinking by the end of the day after i'm done with that last dog it my neck shoulders upper back would be it would be painful just just having your sight fixed on your feet that whole time as you're walking dogs and i remember thinking how ironic this was at a time when professionally and emotionally i'm hanging my head. Now I'm hanging my head physically to the point where it's I, all three are painful. The professional, the emotional, and even the physical. Yes. Um, so in time, you know, so I'm sweeping floors by night, cleaning up dog poop by day. Um, had to file bankruptcy. Um, I'm, I'm getting uh, foreclosure notices in the mail uh, on my home. So I'm I'm deeper into that cycle, deeper into depression, deeper into alcoholism, in time, uh, got back into the insurance world. uh, uh, Another company, it took a while I I tried sales along the way, as well that Mm. didn't turn out very well. I got the good job, similar to what my responsibilities had been before. But by now the compulsion uh, was, was firmly set.
1: Can I, can I ask a question? Absolutely. On how that transpired? Because if you were self-medicating still at that time to get into another job, had you, had you given up the self-medicating, the alcohol or, Was that still there in the background?
0: It was still there. Mm. Um, Because, of course, it wasn't just the financial pressure that was leading to that. It was the family issues, things at home. Um, So those were still there. That was my number one trigger. Um, I felt very alone. um, And... By by the time that job ended, divorce proceedings were were underway. Yeah. Um, Yeah. One Friday, I had the brilliant idea of sneaking in a bottle of vodka back in with me as I returned from lunch was drinking it secretly at my desk, Mm. um, but was discovered and terminated. So now on top of everything else on top of the financial pressure, now I've got no job. Yeah. And so the whole, all right, what do I do now? Now I'm pretty much unemployable. I am I'm reach, have reached that conclusion. Yes. Everything at home was a complete mess. Mm. And so the following Tuesday, November 3rd, 2015, I wrote my suicide note. And uh, it was... Quite a dichotomy because on the TV in the background, this this is in Kansas City, my Mm -hmm. little apartment in Kansas City. And on the TV in the background is the Kansas City Royals World Series Victory Parade.
2: Big, huge
0: celebration throughout throughout the town. Yeah. Eight hundred thousand people gathered at the end of the parade route there, um, which is more than twice the population of Kansas City to begin with. Huge event. And here I'm writing my suicide note with that on in the background. And uh, very specific plans. Um, at 730 that night, I, I had bought three boxes of sleeping pills. I'm going to pull into the garage, close the door with the car running, take the pills, and that'll be it. Yeah. And uh, that afternoon, my daughter calls me. Daddy, can you pick 14 years old at the time. Can you pick me up from school tomorrow? I need help with my math homework. I say, okay, fine, didn't mean it. I'm not gonna be around. A Couple hours later, she calls again, same question. A Couple hours after that, a third time, she calls again, same question. Mm. A- and I'm, each time I disconnect the call, I'm thinking to myself, is, is that from God? You know, is, is someone trying to tell me something? Mm. Then at 7:30 comes, so three times she's called, three times I've said yes, I'll be there. Didn't mean it.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, 7:30 comes. I'm standing literally at the door with my car keys in my hand, my bag of the sleeping pills, and my insurance policies, my life insurance policies in the other, and my phone rings. This time it's a friend of mine. Hey, Scott, I, I see you're not here. We were supposed to be getting together that night and you weren't here the other day when we were going to be getting together, I just wanted to call and make sure everything was okay. Hmm. I disconnect that call. This time I know that came from God, because when do guys do that? Guys never call up. Hey, I'm worried about you. Are you okay? Um, so I'm like, okay, set everything down. I've got to just lay down and think for a while. A fourth time my daughter calls me that same night, Four times, Daddy, will you pick me up from school tomorrow? I need help with my homework. This time I say yes and I mean it. Yeah. I did pick her up the next day. I asked her about her math homework and she says, Oh, I got help with it today. No problem. (laughs) And this is someone who was never that concerned about her math homework, believe me. So I'm like, Okay. So now I've got to get myself back on my feet. Not sure how to do it, but. I I know that there's there's gotta be some reason. Um, within a month, I got of I worked, started working for a friend of mine. He was an insurance agent. He knew I had experience in the industry, I knew him, and so he hired me on not knowing all of this that had transpired. No. And that date, Michael, that I wrote the suicide note that date that was gonna be my suicide date has become my sobriety date. Haven't touched mm-hmm. a date, I haven't touched a drop since then. Wow. So I'm like, okay, I, I go work to, to work for this insurance agent. It's basically customer service work. Wasn't very good at it, not my thing, um, but it kept my time and my mind occupied, which was by far more important than the money, than anything else. Yes, that's what I needed. Keep my mind occupied. Keep my time occupied. I, I'm I'm working. Um, I know it's not a long term solution because by now I've I've worked my way through the bankruptcy, but I'm you know still a huge struggle financially. Now I've got spousal support to pay. Uh, the the divorce became finalized a, a few months yes. after that. So I knew it wasn't a long-term solution. I was looking for something else. And I ended up getting into sales again, trying insurance sales again. Mm -hmm. Um, I decided to learn Spanish more, keeping my mind occupied and my time occupied as I was home alone. Struggling. did one of those medical experiments where they have you take an unapproved uh, medication, you stay overnight at their facility so they can monitor your reaction to it as part of the approval process. Why? Because I felt my health was the most valuable thing I had to sell.
1: Yes. Um, You got money for it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, that was the only reason I did
2: it, yeah. Yes.
0: (laughs) in time, you know things are getting a little better, but still a struggle. So I'm trying to figure out the world of, of insurance sales. I have the insurance background, the financial services background. By this time, 30 years of experience yeah. as far as knowing, knowing what the products do, how they help people. But as far as sales, you know, it didn't I my perception was the used car salesman who's trying to twist yes. people's arms. And that's not my personality. Couldn't mm-hmm. do that. So to, to try to, you know, to bring in the professional aspect of this. So I find out through a acquaintance, he, he had gone from one company to another and had called me up out of the blue to see if, hey, maybe I wanted to make the same change. One thing different about this uh, company he was with, they taught me this method, the The way they pitched it is a meth- the best method for helping people to get out of debt. Yes. And, and that hooked me because I'm like, wow, what a huge problem that is. And I've got intimate experience. At, yeah bankruptcy at debt at all that. And if I could, if, if this was legit, if, if I could figure out how to do that, that's something I could sell. Mm. The thing is, you know, my, my skeptic, my skeptical nature, I'm like, I don't care what it is. I don't care how it works until I first know who does this. Okay. If it's other broke people that are doing this, I want no part of it. So I dig in and research it before I commit to it. Yeah. Who who uses this method? Turns out banks, wealthy entrepreneurs hmm. use this method. Okay. So now, now I'm listening to the, what is it and how does it work? Aspect. And through my experience and through other connections that I had made, I'm like, okay, that's nice. The getting out of debt part is nice, but I want to help people go beyond that and and form like a complete financial package that will not only help you work your way up to zero, which is what getting out of debt is. Yeah. Congratulations, yeah. when you succeed, you've got zero. Um, Okay, I I want to take people beyond that. How can I get them started investing? And how can I help in all sorts of financial ways? So I'm okay. So now I've got this basic core thing, but I've got these other things that I can kind of bolt onto that to expand that. One problem, one big problem. I've got this history of bankruptcy, short selling my house, that medical experiment, you know complete failure. And oh, by the way, I'm I was a suicidal alcoholic too. So how can I get people to listen to me when it comes to me telling them what to do with their money? Yeah, had a super hard time getting past that in my own head. Until one day I'm talking with a a friend. And I, I tell them, you know, hey, I've got this dichotomy that I'm struggling with, how can how can I get past that? And he asked me the most profound question. He says, who would people rather learn from? Someone who's been there at the bottom and worked their way up or, you know, some trust fund baby born into wealth, never had any adversity. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So now I'm like, okay, I can take This is the take your turn your mess into your message thing. I can take the bankruptcy and the alcoholism and and that hitting rock bottom. And turn that into, you know, my recovery goes way beyond just the the staying away from alcohol. My recovery is financial, professional, emotional. All of those things combined are a part of the whole, the holistic recovery that I went through. And so now I wanted to help people holistically with their finances. Yeah. So, okay. So now, you know, the picture is becoming more clear Mm. for me. I can. Help to find find people where I have been, and help them instead of just working their way up to zero. Instead of you know, there's there's the common thought, the the common wisdom, the traditional approach is if you've got debt, what you need to do is budget. You need to budget down to the bare bones. That's right. Not spend anything, um, and then in time. You'll, you'll be in a better place. But yeah. the thing is, okay, so you will never shrink down to wealth. You will never restrict yourself down to growth. And I wanted to help people grow. Not, it, it, and the whole budgeting approach, the bare bones budgeting approach to working your finances, it's a financial fad diet you you hear about these people that that have these extreme diets and and what happens when someone does that well they lose a ton of weight for a few weeks but then what they end up putting it back on because they you didn't change their mindset you didn't give them an actual tool you just told them basically don't eat or only eat this I, I used to work with this lady. She did this cabbage soup that uh, in three weeks she lost, I think it was 17 pounds. And she's going on and on about how great she feels and how much more energy she has. And after those three weeks, she couldn't stand it anymore. And she never had cabbage soup again. And mm. she gained it all back, plus a little more. Mm. And that's what happens when your whole focus, your whole financial strategy is bare bones budgeting. You haven't eliminated the the desire that people have to prosper. You haven't eliminated the need that they have for professional accomplishment. You, you haven't eliminated any of the things that they need. In fact, there's been studies done that show the the brain's reaction to that bare bones budgeting is the same as if you tell someone on one of those extreme diets, it's like basically the same as if you hold out an ice cream cone to them and you tell them, be strong, you can do it, resist. Mm. Mm. What does it do? It just increases their desire for it. Yeah. It's hardwired into the brain. And the way we react financially to bare bones budgeting is the same way we react to extreme dieting for weight loss.
2: Fascinating.
0: What's the effective way for weight loss? It's not focusing on losing weight. It's focusing on health, on healing your health from the inside out. It takes, you know, a a sensible diet. It takes exercise. It takes a number of things. And and I know that's not the focus of our conversation today. But financially, it's very similar. It's... Mm. I, I compare it, Michael, to the beginning of a marathon, okay? If, if you're, the, the Boston Marathon this year had 28,500 runners in it on one street, so imagine what a mess that is. If you're at the back of that pack, you've got a long way to run just to reach the starting line, and then you've got 26.2 miles to go. Yes. You're already tired before you even start. Mm-hmm. Financially speaking, if you're at the back of that pack, you're getting out of debt is reaching the starting line. It's not the finish line. Key problem that people make is they make it their determination to get out of debt, thinking that's their finish line. So even if they succeed, what have they done? They've worked their way up to zero. They've reached yeah. the starting line. Mm. And now, oh, I accomplished my goal. I relax. Yeah, I, I relax that drive. And this is the 10% that succeed. Most don't get that far. And they don't realize that they've got farther to go. The finish line is actually what? It's retirement, it's passive income, it's financial independence, however you frame it. Yes. That's the finish line, not getting getting out of debt. That's just mm-hmm. one milestone along the way. So now, what if through through this that uh, through this method, if I'm able to tell someone, okay, so that same energy that you use to reach the starting line, say you reach the starting line, and now a race official calls you over, says, "Hey, Michael, come over here. I saw how far you had to come just to reach the starting line. I see you're already tired. That's not fair. What I'm going to do is I'm going to." take you into the course i'm going to drive you into the course and shorten that race for you yeah now that would be pretty cool you're basically taking that same energy that you expended to get out of debt and duplicating it to shorten your race to financial independence Mm. passive income that goes way beyond just preaching to someone don't spend budget Hmm. That's actually giving them a tool, a tool that accomplishes something. It's not just buying a book. Hey, read my book, and if it fails, oh well, you just you
1: just aren't tough enough
0: <laughs> that, that's you know what the financial gurus, the financial entertainers yeah, that's their approach
1: i think I think just to interject that and give you a pause I mean, it's fascinating how you you know you got in kind of backwards and forwards, in and out of the industry, doing some other jobs, and then you got back into it and this fell into your lap um, Mm -hmm. by, by way of then being able to help other people do the same thing again. I think part of the problem is, as I see it anyway, because I've not been particularly good with money all my life. There are pockets where I have been. And I think that the lack, where I know the lack has been, has been in education. You know, that nobody in school teaches you money management. Uh, They don't even teach you budgeting. If if budgeting was the holy grail, which it isn't as you are saying, they don't even teach you budgeting. So everybody then becomes an adult then realizes they need to get a job to pay the bills and then they need some extra money to entertain themselves yes you know and then you, know, you talk about alcohol addiction but there's spending addiction too you know mm-hmm. so people overspend because they want to keep up with their neighbor with their family member with celebrities on tv Uh, with society pushing you to show that you're wealthy, therefore people spend money unnecessarily on accumulating stuff that they don't need uh, and, you know, get into debt even more that way. I mean, certainly I recognise in myself years ago, that's where I was for sure, you know. (laughs) Um, So there's a whole... What I'm kind of saying really is it's such a complicated issue that we've been conditioned in certain ways. And although I, I, lo- I love your metaphor for getting to zero and beyond zero, that's really what the goal is, you know, focus beyond zero, not just to zero. But I think there is a part when you're at the back of the crowd coming up to zero, whatever. There's a, there's a whole mess, as you said. There's a mess there, where people aren't yep. educated. They're given the wrong information. We're bamboozled with the tech, with the um, oh. the language and the terminology that's being used by financial institutions by governments. Oh, it's, it's just a mess. And whether it's in the U.S the united kingdom france spain i think everybody's the same you know money is an issue
0: yes and you're 100% correct michael mm. the the root of the problem is education yeah but here but here's the thing think back to your school years yeah were your teachers the the right ones to teach you financial education no they're They're W2 employees that are struggling themselves. Yes, yeah. W2, of course, being the the U.S. tax designation, you yes. Know, whatever that's that's called where the listener might live, they're they're working for someone else mm. And they're struggling themselves.
2: Yeah. yeah. So
0: then many people go to the financial services industry. That they should be the ones to teach you.
2: Yeah. But mm. now
0: you've got people who are tainted by where's where's the commission? Mm. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna push this because it's what I have access to sell. Yeah. And because I I make money for pushing this. Yes. So what am I gonna mm. do? I'm gonna push this, mm. whether it's the right solution or not. There's mm. so much of that. Okay, so here's here's the way that we educate ourselves. I went through that process because, one, I could not afford to fail again.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I had tried guessing. I had tried listening to people who weren't qualified. I had tried all of that. Yes, and, and here's what happens. There's three basic processes that people use to try to figure out their finances. One is trial and error. They guess. They try this. they try that. Um, but the thing is, time only moves one direction. You lose yeah. time. you you're out of luck. Now that is that's a financial agnostic. Financial truth is unknowable, so therefore, I'm going to try a little of this, a little of that, and hope I stumble across something that makes me feel good. Yeah. The second thing that people do is they listen to their broke friends. That's a financial agnostic, uh, a financial atheist. There is no such thing as financial truth, therefore, it doesn't matter what I do So I'm gonna strengthen the ties that I have to the people around me. And I'll listen to this one here and this one here and this friend over here, even though I know they've got no idea whatsoever what they're doing. (laughs) Third, the third thing is listening to one of those financial entertainers yell at you that their way is the only way and everything else is dumb. And that's a financial cult. It's follow the leader regardless of what they say.
2: Yeah. The thing a... with
0: each of those, the thing with each of those, is that they, there's no solid core there. There's no solid foundation to that. Mm. They each violate the laws of history and science. History shows us that banks and the wealthy have got it figured out. They're not guessing. they're not listening to broke friends and they're not listening to Dave Ramsey tell them to not spend anything. Yeah. They know the way and they've left breadcrumbs so that we can scientifically, we can reverse engineer what they do.
2: Right. And
0: that is where the education comes from. It comes from one identifying who's not guessing, who knows, identify the right person, and then do what they do reverse engineer what they do right so that eliminates your financial agnostics and atheists and cults right now you know you're on the right path you know what the destination is because you've identified the result you want to get you identify you identify the result you want first and you work your way backwards yeah how did they get there how can i copy it and all of that In my case, came out of desperation. I was desperate to not fail one more time. Couldn't afford it, couldn't do it.
1: Hello, it's Michael here. I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. More to come, and I just wanted to quickly let you know about my other work, in case you didn't already know. I am involved with producing whiteboard animations for organizations, so they can share better stories about their products or services. I also help business professionals get better at storytelling. I do this via in-person or online workshops. Just visit my website where you can find out a lot more. Just go to stayinglifeuk.com or you can contact me via the contact form on the homepage. Just fill in the details and an email will land in my inbox. And now let's get back to the podcast. So basically, you're kind of modeling yourself then on other people who have been successful in the right way, yes, but, but and you still have to be able to identify that they their way was the right way. <laughs> You you need to
0: identify the right person, and, yes. and I'm certainly not encouraging anyone to go rob a bank because oh it worked for you know whoever <laughs> you know. Uh, keep true to your ethics keep you know yeah. keep true to your your standards.
1: So I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. So what, what because if, if I don't mention it now I might forget. Um, th- this is a fascinating discussion. I really love this. Thank you so much. Because you're really getting under the skin of it all. And in the age that we live in right now, I'm staying completely clear of things like Bitcoin and NFTs. Mm. Because I believe, because at the moment, if you were to believe the hype that everybody is spinning out there, whether it be on social audio channels, social media channels, TikTok channels, I don't even look that, YouTube. You know, all of these people who are being billed as the gurus who have uncovered, you know, how you can make millions doing this stuff. Th- these are like, well, who can you believe out there when that's so much of that? I mean, I'm, I'm sure... There is a possibility to make money in those areas. But I don't believe anybody that's going on about it. Yeah, I'm sorry to throw that into the mix.
0: <laughs> no, no. A, a very appropriate question. Um, the, the whole cryptocurrency, one, I, I see logic behind it. The, the need for having deregulation of currency that crosses borders mm. to me that makes sense but the nagging question is mind ma- in my mind is what's the utility mm. behind it mm. D- did someone just invent oh i just invented this thing i'm going to call it bitcoin and even though it doesn't really have any value i'm going to place a value on it and You know there there's parts of it that I struggle with right and there's so much now with Bankman Freed and and all that there's so much of that in the unstable coin world Mm. I know there are people that that have made good money Mm. uh, generally from the stable coins do I have cryptocurrency myself now? No, I don't. Right. And a key part of that is when it comes to any investment strategy, you want you need to understand it, and I have a hard time with that. I I was a stats major in school. I I need to see numbers. Yeah. And I need to understand the value that those numbers represent. And I can see it to an extent in the crypto world, but I haven't seen it enough myself to jump in. No. Um, And it goes back to the old adage, don't invest something that you can't afford to lose. Yeah. And that is the only way that I, when, when someone convinces me of the utility and underlying value behind the coins then i'll make that decision okay how how much do i determine it's not a big loss if i lose it mm. and i'll put that
1: in there mm. i'm not at that point yet thank you for that
0: yeah and and again you know my there's my skeptical nature there's the yeah. fact that i need to see the value underlying whatever it is that's going on that's what led me to the reverse engineering banks
2: Mm.
0: There is a good amount of unethical thing going on in the banking world. Yeah. But the process, the, the parts of the process, the tools that they use that we can reverse engineer,
2: mm-hmm.
0: that is, is, is a clear path to me. I can identify that clear path. I can pick up those breadcrumbs and I can see where they shorten that race.
2: Right. Back to the
0: marathon analogy. Yeah, yeah. And I can see how, you know, dating even all the way back to John D. Rockefeller, first billionaire in the world, Mm. you can trace this method back to him, um, back to others like that. That have used a variation of of the the system that I'm using. Yes. And, and when I see that, I'm like, okay, if that's something that has stood the test of time, that I get the value of it, then that's something that I can put my personal confidence in. And only after that point, can I turn around and in good conscience, tell something else, tell someone else about it. Yes. And, and that's what I am building. And that's the, that's my professional mission that came out of hitting the rock bottom. Yes. It came out of the bankruptcy and all that, to be able to help people see all right this is how I've climbed out of that hole yeah and 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 this is how it started this is why and here's how I can help you
1: so with with the sorry I'm doing it again but with the reverse engineering you, you are, when you when you discovered because you talked previously about a method mm-hmm. and or a, it wasn't a product, was it? It was a method that you came across, or was um, it a product in the insurance industry? Or It is a product in the insurance
0: industry, yes.
1: Right. So when you came across this, did you, while still being employed, did you use that then to sell to I, people, or did you go on your own? Or I, I was already
0: on my own. I was already a, a struggling insurance agent. Um. And this was, you know, a big spark that helped to turn that corner. Right. But let me go back to your question. Is it, a, is it a product or is it a method? It's actually both. Right. Because the product itself, if, if, you, if you just bought it and, and you just stuffed that policy in your file cabinet and forgot about it, then all you've done is bought yourself an expensive insurance policy and that's it. Yeah. And there would be some benefit to doing that, but you wouldn't be leveraging your money to shorten that race. Yeah. So there is method to it as as well. It's both science and art. Yeah. Because you have to, okay, now that I have this, how am I going to use it? How am I going to leverage it so that I can take that money that I'm using to eliminate debt, and then leverage it so i'm basically using it again to build my to to build my financial independence and and michael it works a lot like real estate okay so at least here in the states every year you can count on getting from the county your tax appraisal and they'll say that the appraised value of your property Based on sales made in the neighborhood and, you know, how big your house is and all that, it has now changed to this. And, and generally, it appreciates. The value goes up Yeah. in the real estate world with, with a few bl- historical blips along the way. It doesn't matter if you own that home free and clear or if you have a mortgage on it or even if you have a second mortgage on it. In any of those cases, the appraised value of that property stays this is going to be unchanged. It's not connected to the loan that you have. Mm. Or if you own it free and clear. If the value has appreciated, it's going to appreciate just the same if you own it free and clear versus you have a second mortgage on it.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: So there's a financial vehicle. Where we can do the same thing, where you, the value of your account is going to appreciate, it's going to grow, and there are guarantees on that. Mm -hmm. There's also some dividend value to it. So it's going to grow even as you take out a loan against that account to invest elsewhere right what i work with people to do is first thing you want to invest in is eliminate your bad debt yeah you want to invest in yourself invest in your own business so that now you know that that passionate thing that you've worked to build you're building your skills at that and then you know in if you want to invest in real estate, if you want to invest in crypto, mm-hmm. you can do that in a way where you have a base account that's going to grow, even if it turned out that maybe that crypto investment didn't pan out like you thought it should yeah you you've got cushion there,
2: yeah, you've
0: got arbitrage there that's in in. General terms, that's the way I illustrate it for people. Mm. It's like appraised value of your land that's going to grow regardless of whether you've got a loan against it or not. Mm. You can do that with your dollars. I call it recycling money. You know, you use up that bottle of Pepsi and you toss it in years ago, you tossed it in the trash and it ended up in a landfill. Now, what do we do? We've got the special recycle bin,
2: Mm.
0: so it can be. Uh, cleaned, it can be, you know, whatever they do with the recycling plant, so that we can reuse it again. Mm. yeah, And again, and again, we can do that same thing with our dollars, with our euros, where we can leverage it to invest elsewhere and get a percentage from it at the same time as we're getting a percentage from that base because the appraised value is growing. Yeah. Now we've gone beyond just buying an expensive insurance policy because now we're using it as a tool to put our money elsewhere while it's still growing. Basically our money's doing two jobs at once. And so rather than listening to the the debt gurus that say buy my book buy my book and when that doesn't work you silly weakling why aren't you able to budget like you're supposed to (laughs) he is buy my next book no this isn't buying a book it's having a tool that does something for you that enables you to have those dollars doing two jobs at
1: once okay just one second I've got another question sure Um... you you do a really great job in explaining it and huh, almost getting to the point of a bit of confusion <laughs> for me anyway mm-hmm. so i'm not i'm not expecting you to be able to make it crystal clear for me um but there is still the the best way to explain it is there is still a an amount of uncertainty in my head yeah that goes huh okay so if it was that easy why isn't everybody doing it (laughs) yeah
0: um okay good fair question remember I'm I'm the skeptic. I had the same question to start with. I, I needed to dig in. Um, first of all, I'm not saying it's easy. Right. Um, there the funding is necessary to build momentum. to yes. To yeah. to have this work. It, it it's it's something that needs to be customized person per person. Mm. For one person, it might be easy because, you know, they, they've got a whole bunch of disposable cash that they can throw at this. Mm. But that's that's not the art no. of it. The art of it, and what I do with people, is I look holistically at what their financial snapshot is. Yes. Okay? Let's go back to the weight loss, the extreme weight loss. Example, you've seen those before and after pictures. Mm, you know, yes. before someone's a hundred pounds overweight, and then the after picture, they're standing on the beach in a swimsuit, looking incredible. Okay, financially, the first step of my process that I work with in people is to take that before snapshot. Mm. What are your numbers now? I, I can show you case studies of what this has done for this person, for this person. Right. And that's great, but it's theoretical. What someone needs to see is their numbers and what it can do for them. Yeah. So, okay. I'll, I'll take that before snapshot. I'll, I'll do my number crunching, run it through my software and I'll then give you the after snapshot of what it can do for you. Will that work for everyone? No. Uh, for some people, unfortunately, I have to have that conversation with them of saying, you know, uh, at, at this time, I can't help you. Hopefully, you know, may, maybe there, there's other parts of the process that I can do first. Yes. That will help you to get to that point where now we can give your money to jobs. Um so sometimes I need to work it out of order.
1: Right. Understood. Understood. Yeah.
0: It is something, generally speaking, there there's always skepticism, just like my skepticism at first. There's a good a- amount of healthy skepticism is, is a good thing. Yeah. Because then I'm able to tell people about the science of it. Here's how the numbers work. Here's why they work. Here's how I reverse engineered it. Yeah. Okay. This, is, this isn't just, you know, Scott in Kansas City that you've never met before telling you, hey, buy from me. This is what John D. Rockefeller did. This is what Bank of America uses and, you know, others like that. mm and here's how it works for them. Here's how we know they use it. Here's the end result. I never ask people, oh, just trust me. You know, uh, but because th- think about the financial education piece that we talked about earlier. Mm. Y- your high school teachers, they they weren't qualified to teach it. Your f- financial advisors.
1: Commission. <laughs> are they
0: qualified? To teach it, probably, but they're also they've also got commission breath. Mm. And so can you trust them? They may be qualified to teach, but can you trust what they're
1: telling you to buy? I, I think trust is a massive thing that you yes. you're touching on it now, so I want to because yeah. you know, I used to go to an organization networking breakfast meeting called BNI, which is American. (laughs) Um, I used to be a chapter director decades ago. And there was a gentleman that came into the meeting. And he was the hundred pounds overweight gentleman who was a financial advisor every week at seven o'clock in the morning was over breakfast was sharing how he could help people and I didn't trust him <laughs> mm. because I went well you're a hundred pounds overweight Why would I trust you <laughs> Um, and I had all these doubts and I didn't understand what he was talking about I didn't appreciate it I did my one-to-one meeting, as you're supposed to have, with your fellow breakfast people, networkers. And he was explaining stuff. And he said the kind of things he could do. And, yeah, there was, yeah, definitely there was debt around. There were mortgages. There were this, that, all sorts of things. You know, I was earning really good money. My wife at the time was too. But it, it was a mess. You know, yeah. so he helped us to sort some of the mess out. And then years later, I did hire him to do some stuff. And then years later, he handed his business over to somebody else because he was moving out of the area. And then that person, I then had to trust him again, you know, and go, okay, here's another one. I've got to get to know him. They then advised me on some, I had all sorts of pension pots all over the place. We combined them into one, and it was the single best investment decision I have made in all my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm still reaping the benefit from that today. But I had a real issue with trust (laughs) because how can you possibly trust anybody to know best in terms of what they're gonna do with your money.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and here's the thing with one of these commission breath guys. Um, the, the way they generally work is, okay, so Michael, l- let me show you this prospectus here. You put money into this account here and it's gonna earn X percent. And so in however many years, this is what you're going to have. And then they ask, so how much you want to give me?
2: Hmm. That's
0: the wrong question. Okay. And that's, that's how I really identify the commission breath guys.
2: Yeah. Is they ask
0: you, how much are you going to give me? In my mind, a true financial advisor, counselor, isn't going to ask you how much money you want to give me, how much money you want to put in this they're going to provide you the money to put into it. That's the before snapshot. If if I can see, okay, so right now, you're spending your money here, 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 here. In analyzing that, in putting it in my software and getting this proposal together, we can take what you're already spending and here this portion of it here you've not been uh, spending the the best way possible yeah if we take it and we move it over here then without taking food off your table and without you digging any deeper into your pocket now here's the numbers here's the science that i'm able to do for you yeah okay so now Without taking the money off the table, without taking the food off your table and without digging deeper into your pocket, here's what this can do for you. Right. That, and underlying that is this method and uh, product that's reverse engineered from someone where you know what the destination is and you know that the path takes you there. Mm. So that is... Trust is always an issue. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, anyone who is in any sort of sales industry has to have some struggle with. How can I get people to trust me with their money? Um, that that's what I can do. Does it work 100 percent of the time? Absolutely not. Mm. Some people have been have been ripped off before have been jaded by yeah. the system so much so that they're just not going to trust anyone
1: no and no
0: and i understand you know sad to say the the industry has gotten a bad name because there are some bad apples out there yeah that have let people down often enough where they they just shut it off and say no. Nope, not going to listen to anyone. I'm just going to, you know, stuff cash under the mattress. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And sad to say, I understand. Mm-hmm. I, it's not the best approach, and uh, I I can help to provide a a process that works better than that. But if they don't believe me,
1: I think I think what people just want is the. Uh, God-honest truth. Yeah. They just need to know, you know, is it black or is it white? And is this going to work or is it going to fail? Do you know or don't you know? You know, don't Mm -hmm. bamboozle me. Don't lie. (laughs) Don't just be straight. I think that's what people want. They want somebody who, who can go... This can work, but like anything else, there's no 100% guarantee that it will work, but I will do my level best to make sure you understand it inside out before you do mm-hmm. anything with your money. Right, right.
0: And, and so far in this conversation, Michael, I've, I've used a couple of examples mm. in, in, in things that are kind of in that same category. Mm. One is religion. We've I've mentioned financial agnostics, atheists, yes. and cults. Yeah. I need a comparison there. We've also compared it to weight loss. Yeah. There are people who are just one hundred percent convinced that, religiously speaking, that they they've got it. Yeah. There are people with respect to weight loss mm. who are just 100% convinced that their way is, is the way. way. Yeah, yeah. And, and, but overall, those topics, most people consider them to be incredibly nebulous and mm. even mysterious. Mm. You've had so many people that have done the fad diet thing so many times that now y- you could be in perfect condition and provide them with proof that you're not on steroids and, and that you're 100% healthy, and they still won't believe you because right. they've been so many times. Yeah. You know, what? what can we do? What can I do? What can we do as professionals? We can try to show people that, okay, I didn't just invent something, I reverse engineered it from a process that has consistently worked for year after year Mm -hmm. and for multiple people and industries.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I can show you that and I can provide the same benefit for you. Now, banks, of course, they've got some regulatory advantages that we don't have as consumers. Can we, down to the letter, do everything mm-hmm. they do? No. no, but I can show you, okay, a particular method that they use that is available to us as consumers. Brilliant. And it is a tool that helps us to give our dollars to jobs, helps us to eliminate debt quickly, gives us a platform from which we can, we can uh, uh, withdraw money to leverage elsewhere even as its appraised value continues to rise we can do that
1: is is the it sounds amazing and and thank you i'm sorry that i keep throwing questions at you perfectly uh, fine and you're doing really well answering them all so i really appreciate it um is there a name for this product is it or method is there what what is it called the the name for it is called
0: infinite banking you you can google it you mm-hmm. can read up all about it
2: yeah uh, and yeah.
0: how it works um infinite banking concept right um and again it, it won't work with 100% of the people out there no um but if it does it works great um There are, like I mentioned, there's other things I've kind of bolted onto it, Hmm. onto that machine that can help to accelerate things even more. Yes. Um, And that's, you know, stuff I've taken from the accounting world and helping people to save taxes. Right. Um, Software that's been developed in managing debt. There's another process called velocity banking, also something you can Google and, and learn about that is a really good process to help to accelerate,
2: yeah
0: there there are a number of different tools out there where you're not just buying somebody's book. you're not just hearing someone preach budget no. budget, budget yeah you're actually you're you're you have something that is provides utility. it is doing something there's whether it's art or science or both, you're putting something together that is accelerating the growth of your money, shortening that race. Wow. Fabulous.
1: Well, thank you, Scott. It, it's, it's, it sounds promising, let's put it that way. And the fact that you've invested your time and energy in this and running it for your own business... Helping people with it is fantastic. So how can people, you know, get in touch with you to find out and learn more about this and get into detail with you?
0: Yeah, it? thank you for asking. My website is never too <laughs> And two is spelled out. T-O-O, nevertoo mm. There yeah. you'll see my uh, links to connect with me on social media, mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. email address. Um let me know if you want more information, I'll be glad to uh reach out to you. Yeah. Never
1: too much money.com. Very easy to remember. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody will agree there is never too much money. <laughs> That's right. Even for Elon Musk, <laughs> there's never too much money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is there is there anything that I haven't asked that you would have like to have shared Ah, oh,
0: wow. Well, we covered quite a bit of ground there, Michael. I think uh, we've got just about all that I might have wanted to say. I, I will reiterate, you know the best the the best way for me to present this to someone is to present it with your information, your numbers. yeah, um, yeah. and so, uh, again, reach out to me, nevertomuchmoney.com, and I'll be glad to put together a
1: proposal for you. And is that – do you charge for those the kind of number crunching bit? I, I do, um, it,
0: but it's kind of a moving target. Right. Since the first thing I do is I take in that before snapshot and and, and what I come up with as a result of that hmm. in a – rudimentary debt tool that someone can use that's free that that's free of charge just for reaching out to me okay. you'll you'll get some benefit from that right. If you want to go higher level and actually have that tool that will help you to ha- give your dollars to jobs, that is uh, something that you know we will uh, figure out the cost for that. yes um, but Given that I know the situation, okay, well, I know you've got this debt and I can't just, you know, I, I can't portray the solution to you as being taking on more debt,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I will make sure that it's something that's affordable to the extent that I can.
1: Okay, that's fair enough. That's very kind of you. Okay, Scott, this is brilliant. has been a great conversation. And yes, again, Michael, thank, you. Thank, thank you for answering all my <laughs> my my pressurized questions in terms of you know, um, oh. I, I I'm it just applies to me just as much as it will do to lots of other people. So I'm just putting myself in the situation, you know, being on the receiving end, having been on the receiving end as well uh, throughout right. my life. And uh, but it's very useful and certainly very fascinating. And out out of interest, is this? Do you know whether the Infinite Banking solution is available in other parts of the world or is it only in the US?
0: It is available in the US and Canada. Those are the only places I have found where I where it can be used directly.
1: Right got you. Um,
0: there are other parts of, you know, the bolt on parts of my process where I can help uh, people in other parts of the world as well. Got it. Great. And you, and you've asked great questions, Michael. I I appreciate that. I'm sure there're uh, some questions that all the listeners uh had and and no doubt more as well.
1: I'm sure they uh, one, will have more too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. One last thing I thought of that I wanted to mention. Yes. Um just to connect this back to the personal story. Yes. Um now very happily remarried of uh, the oh. the the success of the, the rebound professionally, emotionally, physically, all of that um, has, has really been fulfilling. And to be able, in, in, to whatever extent hmm. it may be, that I can help others on their journey is, is a joy.
1: It's amazing what you've achieved and that you were so close to not being here. And I'm grateful to your daughter and to your friend for literally just grabbing you by your coattails and go Mm -hmm. stay here and otherwise you wouldn't have been here to share it on the podcast i'm very grateful you are still with us on this planet uh, scott yes me too thank you michael take care and do keep in touch yes i will bye for now bye-bye if you've enjoyed this podcast please rate subscribe